He's an old head. Youngins are really starting to get on my damn nerves. He's a purveyor of nonsense. He's a Georgia high school coaching job influencer. His favorite Bible verse is Jesus wept. He's the man of constant sorrow, Chris Lamb. Welcome to episode 10 of Sun Coaches Podcast, and today I've got a North Florida legend in the making, Coach Brock Kennedy. Met him last year at the FACA convention, and we hit it off immediately. It's actually his birthday today, and he told me that he, outlived, he has outlived Jesus and Keith Whitley, so he's on house money. Uh, so, that uh, so that gives you a little insight into his sense of humor. Uh, coach, uh, coach thanks, for being, thanks for being on with us. Hey, Coach, I appreciate you having me on. I've been uh, looking forward to it. Well, Coach, uh, tell, me tell me how your career got started. Yeah, I got. Uh, I was lucky enough to uh, work under uh, my head, high school head football coach, Bobby Johns. Um, you know, and while I worked with him, I learned, uh, he made me learn everything that assistant should know before you get to, uh, per se, have any titles or real input. Um, you know, the whole doing of laundry, setting up pre-game and pre-practice, um, you know, painting a field and things, that, cutting grass, things of that nature. Um, and uh, then I kind of followed him. He left Baker County. I followed him out to Milton for a short stint. And then we wound up in South Georgia, my first trip to South Georgia in uh, Bacon County. And then uh, a good buddy of mine, Jamie Rogers, that was with us, got the Swanee County job, went down there with Jamie to be his uh, DC at Swanee. And uh, then was followed him to Baker County, back to our hometown and then left Baker County for Cook County up in Georgia. And then I left and came back to Baker County uh, to work for Kevin Mays. And then I left him after two years and took the head job in Dixie. And now after two years, I've left Dixie and uh, gotten a little closer to home at Bradford. That's awesome. What was the, uh, what was South Georgia like for you? Being a Florida guy, I mean, you grew up in Weewa, didn't you? No, no, I'm uh, from Baker County. I grew up in McClendon, okay. just a little south of Folkestone there. Okay, so not, uh, so not far from the Georgia line. Right, you? right. Um, and my dad's people are actually from South, uh, from Charlton. So, um, but uh, South Georgia, you know, especially as a young coach, when I was a younger coach, um, that was uh, I was enamored by the facilities. You know the pay uh, it's just you know grow, growing up in the profession and bringing around some of the older guys that have been there and some of the guys that were shooting to be there um, I learned to envy it and still do in many ways um, me and Jamie Rogers both worked under Bobby Johns and um, that's kind of when me and him worked with Jamie and I worked really closely together uh, over a span of I don't know, probably nine nine years or so. Um, and the whole time, that's what we talked about. If we ever got the ch if he, you know, I was a lot younger, I'm 10 years younger than him, so if he got the shot, uh, that I'd make the jump with him. And uh, 
Bacon was our first step there in South Georgia, and that's kind of where uh, you got the full taste of field maintenance, uh, paint, you know, running every aspect of the program. You know, you're cutting your teeth 1A style. Um, and then Cook was, you know, when Jamie got the Cook job, um, that was a brand new facilities being built. Um, in that particular year that I was there, all new facilities. And, um, you know, being in the region with Chris, when Chris was really good, they played for the state championship that year. And, um, and just week in and week out, seeing a well-coached product. And, you know, if they had athletes, it was even, you know, that, that, that much of a task to have on a Friday. Um, whereas my experience in Florida, um, you know, you can you'll see some teams, and maybe you know they're not as coached as well on one side of the ball or the other, or lacking in special teams, or you know you can have a chance as long because I've been blessed to be a part of as I came up with some really good staffs, um, and uh, and they've gotten a lot out of their kids over, uh, you know over the years, and we've probably overachieved um, with some groups, whereas in Georgia. The expectation should be, and I think always will be, um, you know, you have all the things at your uh, disposal, and now you produce. You know, you better produce. Um, what was it like to? Because I, I know of Coach Johns. I've talked to him online a few times, but I've never actually met him. I just heard what a tough-nosed guy he is, an old-school guy. Is what was it like going from? Playing, playing for him to, to work, working for him. Uh, the exact same. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was uh, at times even as a coach, you know, you're like, hey, I, you know, start to be an adult here. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, what I like, what I miss, so when I got with Coach Johns, he had a really good staff. He really did. He had a guy named uh, Jason Blair as an assistant. He's been in the South Georgia area for a while now, Thomasville, Pelham, and those areas. Uh, great weight room guy, and he, he can coach just about anything. Um, Hildrick Garrison, who actually took over at Bacon for him when he left as head coach. Um, I think uh, Coach Garrison, he's now an admin in uh, Ware County. Um, and then Jamie, who's been a head coach in Georgia and had extreme success down here in Florida and then uh, a buddy of ours that was also my uh, position coach when I played for all them guys um, Josh Jacobson is up uh, near Columbus as a head coach and a chat co up there um, so you had all those guys a bunch of younger guys that worked hard and uh, and enjoyed being around one another and then you had Bobby at the top of it who was I mean he coached year-round intense. I mean, he's a big weight room guy. Uh, you're going to practice really physical. I mean, he prides himself on the run game and strong defense. Um, and so you kind of, as a player, you know, that's what we expected. That we obviously took on that mindset. And then as a coach, um, you know, the weekend meetings, you know, we met for a while on Saturdays and then come in on Sundays. And Sundays was, you know, you were there till you're done. Uh, no matter what, um, and uh, 
I mean, that's where I, I learned how to break down film under him. I still do it by hand, and then I transfer it to uh, Huddle. Uh, I get made fun of all the time. I've been around a couple young guys now that do everything Huddle and uh, make nice little fancy reports. I break it down by hand and do what I know how to do on Huddle, and then I let them kind of go make it um, clinic material. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm sure you've got a story or two out of Alma or Adele. Oh, yeah. Because there's some dudes in that area down there. Uh, the locals are a little different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I loved my time in uh, Bacon. You know, when we'd gotten there, uh, I think they'd only been to the playoffs maybe four times in school history up until that point. Um, and those kids were just so hungry. They could, uh, you know, and Bobby does, he has an extreme weight room regiment. Like, he, it's it's tough. It really is. It's that in practice. There's not a whole lot separate, you know, separating the two as far as time and what it takes out of uh, a kid. Um, but one of my favorite things when I start thinking about Bacon County, Alma, is um, the, all the field maintenance debacles we had there. And Bobby, if, if anyone's ever worked with Bobby, they know how anal he is about his field. Like he's going to have Augusta greens, you know, and nice paint. Um, but we had one, I'll never forget, we had one time we had a, a buddy of ours from Baker County come up, just wanted to uh, hang out with us after practice. And um, he's a big tractor fanatic and loved all, you know, he loves that type of equipment. So we let him get on the real mower <laughs> and mow the field. Well, I was over there trying to get the, uh, paint equipment ready and I just so happened to look up and he's you know he's supposed to be vertically cutting it now he's coming at the like a weird angle I'm, so I'm flagging him down and he's got this thing wound in high gear you know he's coming at me hard <laughs> and he's got this like pale ghost look on his face and he finally you know turn, turns the tractor down where I could talk to him I said what's going on and he points at the front of the real mower and he is somehow knocked over knocked off a hose and it is leaking hydraulic fluid all up and down the doggone field <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah now I said hold tight and so before <laughs> so he's standing there he's just, he said what are we going to do I said hold tight so I whip out my phone real quick take a picture of him on the tractor so I knew when it comes to get your tabs at it wasn't going to be me if I had to <laughs> needless to say we had race tracks all up and down the field for that Friday night it done burn up the grass and um, Bobby was really good at chewing on coaches uh and he, I mean, the guy wasn't a coach. So he was just a friend. So, needless to say, I still wore it um, in some <laughs> fashion. Uh, he somehow managed to pawn that on me. Um, and then we had, we had a guy that had done that same season. We had a good paint machine. And, uh, you know, it was still, we, we would mix our own paint, get the five-gallon uh, things of paint and mix it and all that good stuff. And assistant coach that we had with us he's a great guy great mind i won't say his name embarrassing but he you know he's not a very uh he hasn't done a whole lot of you know manual labor on his life so gas you know color of gas cans don't mean anything to him right, right. so he grabs 
a yellow uh, gas can, or what he thinks is a gas can, and fills up the paint machine, and it's full of diesel. And so <laughs> I go, I walk it over there. He's like, hey, why won't this thing run? I said, well, did you put gas in it? He's like, yeah, there's the can over there. I said, hey, do me a favor. Go tell Coach Johns that something must be wrong with that gas. And uh, I'll be, you know, I'll be over here doing something else. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was a wonder Bobby didn't fire everybody during those two times. And, and uh, we got out there. After all that, got everything fixed. We were, I know they say the devil lives over there in Sparks, Georgia, but I, that's a lie. He, he resides right there in Alma behind that old school of theirs. Because um, the hottest day I've ever been associated with was took place in Alma, and the gnats are, were gnawing on us. They were, I mean, it was mentally, it, it, see how mentally tough you were. And, uh, I actually had an assistant coach <laughs> go down like faint. Uh, you know, it was right there in the middle of uh, summer camp or fall camp. So we we'd been there all morning. I guess the guy didn't eat and had taken a doggone energy drink for whatever reason. And but we were out there doing uh, field maintenance, and we just bought. God bless Bobby bought us a field kit to drive the spikes in, so you know you could lay the uh, lines there. And that guy looked over, and he's folded up like a piece of paper over there, just like <laughs> had to call the gosh dang ambulance to a coach. So needless to say, the kids just got an easy uh, special team practice that that second practice of the day. Well, then you're well, you headed back to, back to Florida. Yep, went to Swanee with Jamie. How, yeah. how did how was that? How, how were the kids? I'm sure there's some interesting stories out of there too. Yeah, Swanee's a great place. It really is. It is probably um, outside of some of the things. Who's there now? Uh, Kyler Hall. That's, uh, that's right, Kyler's there. Yeah, great guy. And the AD is a good buddy of mine, uh, Frank Allen. There's some of the you know some of the people over there that are in positions of power in the school system are they they're really good folks and um i i'm still friends with a lot of them people today but swanee it was all around as far as living coaching uh, and being able to win it it was it was a great time i, I really do miss that place but uh, <laughs> one thing i learned quickly in swanee was it was a bad because florida you can start that um you know your spring practice right there at the end of april and um most people get that saturday you know go that first saturday you can practice for your third day in uh helmets so you could start you know your process and getting in uppers well also during that time uh was the Swanee River Jam, and that is like a national holiday for them folks in Swanee County. Like at Christmas time, if you're a kid, you get Swanee River Jam tickets. And all it is, if you're not familiar with this, is a big outdoor country festival for like four days. And it's they, you know, those folks they start tailgating at eight in the morning, and they don't shut it down till like two in the morning. You know, it's an all-day affair. And uh, so, you know, my first year there, there with Jamie and all of them, and, um, you know, Thursday, Friday was good. And then here comes Saturday morning, you know, and I keep 
getting on him about Saturday morning practices, you know, are you doing setting yourself up to get pissed off? <laughs> uh, so we roll around, practice starts at 8. I mean, we got like half a team there on time anyway. So, you know, he's starting to get upset. Um, when they finally do show up, they all do show up, but that, the 50% that were late, you know, they're hungover bad. I mean, <laughs> they've had them a belly full. And, you know, he just, he, we started running them, and I'll never forget, we had, we had some really good football players that were young, though, and uh, one of them, so I could see the look in his eye, he was about to call it quits. And, uh, you know, I just kind of went over there to him and said, hey, man, you just stay over here with this group, blend out his skill kit. I said, you just kind of blend in with these offensive linemen. We're, I'm sure we're about done. So you don't give up on us now. <laughs> and then that, that day was just a fiasco. It was a, they had a compound fracture, and the kid, he just looked up. As soon as he looked up, fainted, poor, poor guy. And then, you know, that, that was a... In other words, in Swanee County, do not practice that first Saturday when the jam is in town. <laughs> Just go ahead, do yourself a favor, call it a wash, and go on and see everybody on Monday. Well, from everything I've heard from people outside of the facilities and the money, there ain't a heap of difference between North Florida and South Georgia as far as, like, people and yeah. the kids and yeah, the, you know, I've been lucky. Important and stuff like that. Yeah, I've been lucky, and I prefer North Florida. I prefer rural areas, really, because uh, that's the kind of people I like to be around, you know, and that's the kind of – and they normally have this mindset, uh, you know, blue-collar, tough, uh, hard-nosed style of football. I mean, Madison County for years has had that identity. Baker County's got it. Uh, Bradford has it. Um even Dixie County, um, and you know, place of Swanee. Um, I mean, th th those teams, they those communities care. Uh, the kids, they they you know embrace a physical style of football, and that's you know, that's what I enjoy. So. Um, and then after Swanee, did you go? Was that when you went back to Georgia, or were you still? No. That, uh, so we were at Swanee. I got so. Let me get off script just a little bit so my first time at Baker under Bobby I'll never forget we were at um, we were coaching at Stark over in Bradford where I'm now the Bradford and Baker are huge rivals huge rivals so we're there and I'm just kind of a you know I'd go up top and help with offense and defense line um, I'd speak to those guys that was basically my job in counting 11 on special teams so um we got there, and then, you know, tough game, going back and forth. Uh, we actually end up pulling it off and getting a win. And then, but right there, about two minutes left in the end zone, we're driving to go score. There's a doggone fight breaks out in the uh, end zone there. And, you know, Bobby, for whatever reason, he usually, he wouldn't ever cause attention to it. He's like, Brock, who the hell's down there fighting? I said, I don't know. Uh, so the SRO that was up top with me, he radioed down there. He said, well, hell, Brock, it's your cousin down there. 
<laughs> I had a cousin, she was a cheerleader at the time, and I, I guess she went to go get something from the doggone concession stand, and, you know, it, it was pretty much game over for Bradford, and, you know, even where we come from, football's real passionate like most places, you know, and uh, I guess words were exchanged. You may or may not have been a boy involved, and next thing you know, you got a Donnie Brook down there in the doggone end zone. Girl, girl fight. Yeah, that all all out war. Uh, <laughs> you know, and she's tough. She's a tough old gal. And she, so my cousin got for about 15 minutes got placed in handcuffs in Bradford County. So that's one of her claims to fame. <laughs> And then, that's fantastic. And so going back to the end, of, I tell that story to say this. So, so at the end of my uh, stint in Swanee, um, me and Jamie are both from Baker County. And um, so at the end of our last season there, we're still in the playoffs. Baker didn't make it. Um, we had some folks uh, from from our hometown reach out and say, hey, uh, there's going to be a change, uh, and, you know, and we're going to bring you all home. And uh, so immediately... You know, this is kind of the folks that I'm related to and have raised me. I, I got to take these kind of measures. So once me and Jamie, we're roommates at the time, uh, you know, we had that discussion. He's like, are you in? I said, absolutely. So I said, but I've got to call my family and let them know. I'll tell them not to say anything, but I've got to let them know um, to be on their best behavior. Like, you know, so <laughs> I have a little brother at this time. My youngest brother's playing at JV for Baker County, and um, so mom, I'm, I'm, my mom's a great woman, sweet woman. As a matter of fact, we just had my birthday dinner last night, and she picked up the tab. God bless her. Um, but we, uh, I call her and I say, hey, you know. It's been a little while because at this time I think I've been gone on the road for probably eight years or so. Uh, and that means, you know, not coming home unless it's Thanksgiving after practice, hopefully, and then, you know, Christmas break and then a little bit during summer. But anyway, get back to the story. I, <laughs> I call her and said, hey, uh, I need you to be on your best behavior. We're going to come home, spend a while. I'm excited. I know you will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, oh, yeah, I'm good. All right, so fast forward a couple, it's, it's maybe a week later, maybe two weeks at the most, it's nothing. She goes to a JV game to watch my brother play. Um, I'm coaching, you know, JV too uh, for Swanee. We had to do both JV and varsity. But anyway, um, at the end of the JV game, because I'm big about not having my cell phone with me, you know, from stretch to end of the game. And... Uh, I finally get back to my phone. I got like 72 missed calls and text messages from my, my, I was really good buddies with the sheriff and under sheriff at the time in Becker County. And uh, as from them, I said, this ain't, this cannot be good. So, <laughs> so me, I, I, the text just says, hey, when you get a second, call me. It's urgent. So I was like, Jesus, I hope someone's, you know, I hope everything's okay. I hope no one's dead. You know, they're not over there scraping one of my relatives off the highway. So I call him. He says, he talks. He's, you know, a good old boy. He says, cuz, what do you got going on? I said, well, you know, just finish up JV game. What's going on, Gerald? He says, have you talked to your mama? I said, no. But what in the hell has she done? 
he says, well, you know, she was at the ball game tonight. I said, yeah, my brother's playing over there. He said, well, apparently there was a woman in front of her that was, you know, talking and was talking bad about the team. And he said, you sure you haven't talked to your mom? I said, I have not. And he said, well, the story that she gave me was that she told her three times to shut her mouth and that's not the word she used, but, you know, I'm going to dance around that. And I guess the woman said, you know, who the hell are you? And my mom's got a bad back. And so she carries a stadium chair to every stadium she sits in. And it's a good one, too. It's, it's well built. And I guess she grabbed that woman by the back of the head and just started dusting her head off with it. <laughs> So, there's a ruckus up there just stands up. You know, they got the deputies going up there. My good buddy was the assistant principal at the time. He's up there. And then, you know, once they get them broke apart, you know, apart, and, uh, you know, just they, for a little bit, they put her in, you know, cuffs and walk her to the gate. And then uh, my buddy, he says, hey, we're going to turn you loose, but we're going to have to walk you out the back gate so no one sees. <laughs> you know, just good old boy. I mean, he's looking out for me. Uh, we're good friends. And uh, so anyways, I get off the phone with him. I immediately call her, and I just, you know, start interrogating, interrogating her about the, the game the night before, uh, that night. And I said, hey, you know, how did Bill play? And she's like, oh, he played well, you know. I said, what was the score? And, you know, she couldn't tell me the score. I said, well, did you stay for the whole game? <laughs> and you know she started reeling I said no don't lie I said I'm going to treat you like you used to treat me don't lie or you know the truth <laughs> so, <laughs> see I got to feed her a little bit of her own medicine at that point in time I mean it's the same woman we uh not spend too much time on her but she is a unique character we uh her and I was her uh I'm the oldest of three and uh, she was a single mom for a while with me. And uh, we lived in some government housing there in the county. And I was the only white kid in, in the, uh, you know, the little area we lived in, the apartment complex. And I, one Christmas, I got a brand new bike. I'll never forget it. And that bike went missing one day. And um, so she's like, uh, where's your bike at? I said, I don't know. I ain't got a clue. You know, and uh, I had the time. I'm probably five, six years old, something like that. I'm, I'm not very old. She says, well, I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to go out and walk all around this neighborhood, and if it's not here, you're going to walk, continue to walk till you find it. And she said, I said, well, what if I can't find it? She said, well, you're going to find it, and when you find the person that has your bike, you're not going to ask any questions. You're just going to tie into them. And if you don't, I'm going to tie into you. So, you know, that's kind of, <laughs> that's, that's, that was a good raising, in my opinion, by a single mom that uh, I appreciate. She, she molded a young offense lineman and didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yes. Which brings me to uh, uh, my favorite stories you were telling us about a young man named Tom Cat. Oh, yes. Yes, so Tomcat, I come... The Adventures I, of Tomcat. <laughs> he's a great human being. I uh, I come across Tomcat when I came back to Baker County uh, with Jamie. We uh, just made a state championship run, and I probably 
was down a few pounds, so I was looking pretty good. And uh, got to know this beautiful woman uh, from Baker County who's got three kids. And at the time, I'm, I'm 28, I think. And uh, so long story short, we, I start dating this lady, and um, she's got three youngins, and this, the youngest one is Tomcat, uh, is who I refer to as Tomcat. And um, <laughs> so he's five years old at the time. And this family, her family, you know, her and the boys, they're, they're baseball people. So, you know, now you got this 28-year-old, pretty brash uh, football coach coming around, and um, now all of a sudden, uh, Tomcat not only wants to be a baseball player, but he wants to try his hand at football. And this kid is a great athlete, a wonderful athlete. And um, but nobody in that family has ever really been football, football oriented. You know, they they just looked at it as a you know hobby, and it's a little different uh, than most sports, in my opinion. But anyway, so. <laughs> I've, we've had a lot go along with Tomcat. I know that one of my best favorite stories, though. So I moved in with him, and uh, Tomcat wanted to, for whatever reason, he got in his mind he wanted to start a uh, little chicken coop. So we went and got some chickens, about four hens and a little old rooster. And uh, we start off with four hens and a little rooster. And... Um, and it was rocking on good, you know, you'd go out there and feed them and water them and, and, you know, the rooster, the only thing I hated about it, that damn thing would crow at the crack of dawn, whether it was my day to work or day off. So, but anyway, we, <laughs> they had a friend that they told, you know, he went and told that he had some chickens. Well, apparently they had a rooster that they wanted to get rid of. Well, they didn't run this by me, and I'm no, by no share a farmer and any but I do know two roosters don't work. But they did they kept they kept this from me. Anyway, I was laying in bed and they come it's it's gotta be like five in the morning and come wake me up and him he's got tears in his eyes. I was like what you know I'm thinking what the heck is wrong? And uh, he's like Coach Brock uh the roosters are out there. That big one keeps laying on the... <laughs> I forget what he named the one he had. But anyway, he's laying on our little one. He won't get up. I said, well... At first, it didn't register. I thought, you know, he meant a hen. And I didn't feel like explaining to him what was taking place there. I mean, he's five years old. <laughs> so I kind of got my... You know, wore off the grogginess a little bit. I said, what now? Explain to me what's going on. He said, you know, the big one's on top of the little one. So I went out there and looked. I said, look, man, only the strong survive in this world. And whoever brought that second rooster didn't know that. And needless to say, your little rooster wasn't that damn strong. So, you know, poor kid was traumatized. And I say that story because he finally comes at uh, football practice. He gets his first football practice, which I wasn't a huge fan of because he's so small, young kid. Uh, you know, they had him out there pushing cars for hours and, you know, doing crazy stuff, just crazy stuff. Well, uh, old Tomcat, he was, he was kind of mild-mannered, you know. He, uh, he was still trying to figure out this football stuff to see if he liked it. And so he... Uh, there was a kid on his team that did like it. He was 
you know, about football. Loved contact at a, as a young kid. It, you know, he's pretty superior. He, he's a striker, was what I call him. He'll strike you. And uh, so after practice one day, they were roughhousing around, and he was throwing a little tomcat around, and tomcat, and he ain't, he's never been in a fight in his life, and neither anyone in his family. So I, I got him over there to the truck, away from his mom and brothers, and everybody said, hey, this is what you're going to do. The next tomorrow, the, at the next practice, right before practice, we're not going to wait till after. I said, as soon as he's bending over to take care of his cleats, that's when you get him. You got to pounce on him. And that's where I started calling him Tomcat. I said, and you got to be a Tomcat. Like, you got to fight like you're the third champ on Noah's Ark and it's starting to rain. You know, you got to go. <laughs> I said, and the good thing is, it's only going to last for about 20 seconds and parents are going to come get you. You'll be okay. And needless to say, I told a nasty chewing from his mama once that came out that I... <laughs> That I uh, put Tomcat Tom up too. Yeah, yeah, because he folded. He folded. You don't want to rob a bank with Tomcat, because she said, "Where where'd that come from?" And she said, "Well, Coach Brock said it'd be okay." And I said, "Oh, no, that's not exactly what I said." <laughs> well, Tomcat Tom was scared though. No, no, he he was sense. I get uh, I get reminded every now and then of uh, now Tomcat. He he's not so scared to take up for himself. So. Um, and he's quick, so that's going to be bad news for some folks down the line. Uh, make, him, so. make him a better ball player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless of which sport he decides. Oh, yeah. No, he's, he's a good little athlete, and apparently he's got great hand-eye coordination. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, You know, he, he said, I went to grab him, and he kept slipping out of my arms. I said, yeah, we call that a three-day-old mullet. You ain't going to hug that. you got to hit it. <laughs> Oh, man. Old Tomcat. When you first started telling us about that, dude. Coach, I got so many stories. I got got so many stories about that kind of stuff. But I'm, you know, getting old, as we pointed out. I got to be led in the direction of what story people are referring to. And and, uh, some that may or may not get me in trouble to this day. So I'll skip around a few. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Tom. Yeah. That, yeah. that joker right there sounded like he was a hot miss. Yes. Oh, yeah. He uh, he got to where he was really good at telling white lies. And um, deep down inside, I wish I was that good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a character now. He's, he's, he's got a lot going in his direction. So when did, so when did you get your first head coaching job? Uh, two years ago, I took the Dixie County job. And uh, that, you know, when I saw you at the clinic and you spoke on, so you think you're ready to be a head coach, you know, that's a very accurate, uh, like a lot of guys, especially a lot of young guys, uh, need to go and be, you know, have that presented to them in some form or fashion. I'm a firm believer, just like teachers now, I may take some flack on this, but I'm an early education uh, major, early childhood education. I think if you're going to get in public school education, you got to do at least a semester in some fashion in elementary. If you could survive elementary, you could do anything. Mm-hmm. And so I also feel the same way about coaching. I think if you can survive and coach in 1A, 
you can survive and coach anywhere. Um, Agreed. Because the one thing about 1A in Dixie County is 1A. They, that's a school there, 8 through 12 population, school population 500, you know. Um, and your field maintenance, your laundry, you know, you're, you're, you're borderline guidance counselor, you know, you're everything. Um, and Alma's probably, when I was in Alma, Bacon County, excuse me, Bacon County, Georgia there, uh, that's probably where I learned the most as to what it truly means to be a high school football coach. Because, um, you know, I, I've been around my fair share of guys getting into the business. I've even hired a few when I was a head coach. Um, you know, they just don't know. And, you, you, you know, you got to take time and teach them. You know, I was, I come, like we touched on earlier, I came from the Hard Knocks of, you know, school of Hard Knocks with Bobby Johns and where I learned it. You know, I was still the film guy. I went and traded film on Saturday mornings uh, for Bobby and uh, had to have my grades in and all that before I left. You know, things of that nature that, uh, you know, I think some guys don't have a clue on. And, you know, and I don't want to sound like I'm being negative. It's just, you know, they think most people right. think you show up to practice, have practice, and then roll out the balls on Friday. And there's so much more that goes into it. Correct. Uh, so, like, yeah. Like I, got, like I said the other day, I mean, X's and O's, you train to go to do that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that ain't hard. And really, putting together a practice plan. If you write a lesson plan, you can put together a practice plan. Yeah. That's not hard. No. It's dealing with all the other stuff yes. that you don't really know until you experience it. And that's why, you know, I'm not anti-young guys being a head coach at all. I just want them to know what they're getting into before they go do it. Yes. So that they don't come to the clinic and look at me and you crazy like, hey, man, you hired <laughs> yeah. you know, Cause I, gotta, Cause I gotta get out of here. Yeah. No, it's I. What you say is a hundred percent true. And uh, you know, I one another thing about coaching in one A football, you learn to be creative when it comes to building depth. Like, I mean, you've got you're gonna be on your toes. You know, you're gonna lose someone at some time, and you may be playing with a guard that's 165 pounds. You know, depending upon the situation. Right. Um, you know that obviously that's not ideal. He's not. He doesn't look like Michael Orr, but on a roster of you know 28 kids, you know it is what it is. Well, uh, well I think at the lower levels you have to you have to coach. Yeah. And you have to coach, and you have to coach them all. Yeah, that's. I was interviewing. Just run out there with. Oh, I got dudes. Yeah. I was. Uh, you got 30. Yeah. All them, you're going to need all them 30. When I was interviewing guys for my offensive coordinator position over in Dixie, um, I had a guy that flat out said in his interview that he didn't want to coach anything on defense. I said, well, then you can't coach here because I coach offense, defense, and special teams, and even tell them how to clean the locker because, I mean, that's what you're going to have to do, you know. Uh, there's no such thing as one-way, one-A football coaches, or at least with in my uh, opinion. Is he a young dude? Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't understand the I don't want a mentality. Yeah, you don't want a job, man. Yeah, you must not want to eat. Yeah, yeah, no. 
I, must have never been hungry. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget when I first time. Now you know me. I'm I'm well built. I got a great physique. I'll never forget when I had to coach <laughs> DBs. So could you imagine me teaching back pedal, opening your hip, getting you know taking angles and then breaking window, you know the hand window with your hands and stuff. <laughs> it's, it's you know. What you, you play in high school, coach? Uh, offensive tackle. Yeah. Uh, I was far from. What is it? Down block. Down block. Oh, yeah. Down block, and I, I was a veer wing T system, so there's a lot of down block. Every now and then we'd get fancy and turn out. Yeah, you got, yeah, you got to do it all. And y'all yeah. had a good season this year. Yeah, yeah. We were, uh, my first year we went two and eight, and just, you know, it was brutal. Uh, played with a bunch of young kids, which. You know, in hindsight, if you could keep them believing, you know, they got a lot of experience. Um, and then this past year, we, you know, we finished seven and four, uh, lost first round of playoffs to a well-skilled Pahokee team. Uh, but my first, my first year in Dixie, I take the job. You know, I'm feeling I'm like, heck, I don't, I'm, I don't I, if they put me on the right NFL squad, I'm going to win a Super Bowl. You know, that's how good I am. <laughs> so. Uh, I get that job, and then, you know, on my schedule, I got Andrew Thomas over there at Union. He's won a couple state championships, really good football coach with a good football team. And then Coach Robbie Pruitt gets hired down there at Williston. And then all of a sudden, I was like, well, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. And I just, yeah. you know, long story short, I end up playing two Final Four teams that year and all this and that. And uh, I'll never forget, I took the job, and they was like, Coach, you're going to win five games this first year easy. And they was talking about Williston. They said, we beat Williston like 25 years in a row. They can't beat us. So I went and scouted them in the spring. Coach Pruitt just got there, and they weren't very good. I said, well, maybe they're right. So I go back in the fall and watch them in the uh, classic game there against Taylor County. <clears throat> And uh, I came back, I said, boys, I hate to tell you something, but uh, I'm probably going to be that guy they want to run out of town because I don't think the 25, I don't think we're getting the 26 in a row. I'm just saying. <laughs> so long story short, we get in the middle of that game. I got a old linebacker. He's a, a rail. He, he doesn't look like a football player, but he was pretty hard-nosed. But anyway, he's country, always oh, country. He says, hey, coach. And he's doing with his hands, his, his fingers, and he's forming an X. He said, what's it mean when the guards go like that? I said, uh, his name was Jake. I said, Jake, they're not going like that, but they are fast, aren't they? He said, Coach, I, I can't even see them. <laughs> I just said, don't worry, buddy. We'll get through this one. <laughs> Yeah. So, just try not to get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> well, later that kid graduated. He came to me. He says, uh, "Coach, you know you could have said a lot of things when I asked you that question, but you avoided the inevitable." I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, I thought you would have said, Jakey, don't make it, dang. We, we're gonna get it. We're gonna tote this one anyway. Just keep running." <laughs> 
Sometimes it be that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't looking over there because he, Coach Pruitt, obviously does a really good job. And uh, you know, at that, that year, my first year, it was really me and one guy. Uh, had a bunch of assistants, uh, a volunteer. I say a bunch. I had like three other volunteers that, you know, you never know. They got jobs and families, you know. So uh, that's right. It's what, just hard without help. Yeah, my highest supplement that I could give assistant coach there was eighteen hundred dollars. So, uh, trying to yeah. When y'all got talking to me last year at the clinic, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how y'all eat, and I, and I understand now why y'all come to Georgia. Yeah, because the money is so much better. Yeah, and you guys, you guys obviously are used to dealing with talent, and you're used to you're used to having to do more with less facilities wise. Right, and and so. You know, y'all can sit in an interview and say, well, that doesn't really bother me. You know, I don't need that. I don't need that. Yeah, some things that might would have... Our guys... Yeah. Yeah. You know, some guys that might would scoff at certain things. You're right, like, like some of the guys that I've worked with when I've taken them, you know, because we'll... When I was the head coach over in Dixie, I'd take some of those guys around and tour like a cook or, uh, you know, coffee and show them places and how they operate, and their minds are blown, you know. Um, but, I, uh, yeah. Y'all, I, y'all are your states like the Wild Wild West now. Y'all let kids go wherever they want to go, whenever they want to go. And it's, it is probably another reason you like rural better. Yeah, well, rural, yes, I do like rural, but rural isn't exempt uh, from that either. You know, our state champion in 1A uh, this year, Hawthorne, and I'm not speaking ill of them at all. I mean, they benefited from what the state's allowed. You know, they got some kids that transferred in that really helped them, you know, and uh, they go from struggling to field a team in the spring to being, you know, the number one team to beat in the fall. You know, it's just kind of a, it's the animal. I don't really appreciate what's happened because it's changed, you know, it's changed the way you handle things as a coach, I think, if you want to, uh, you know, be relevant as far as keeping players and a program rolling. I mean, obviously you have your core values and you stick to them, but uh, certain things that when I first got into the profession that wasn't been tolerated, now it's kind of a run-of-the-mill thing, you know. Um, and now NIL, who knows what – I will say this, I'm not a big fan of Florida. I'm the only idiot that I know of that will willingly leave Georgia you know, lose $25,000, you know, a year and move back to Florida. But um, Georgia does it right, I hope. Uh, I hope one day Florida will get on board. And the uh, good thing is I'm, I still got a couple of years left up there in Georgia, so if I make the hop, I guess I could pick it back up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how, so how are things? I know you... You had to get closer to family, left Dixie and back at Bradford with Coach Rogers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're probably looking forward to being reunited. Yeah, it's, you know, outside of being, you know, uh, friends in the profession, you know, we're actually friends, you know, away from it. Uh, One thing that I've missed uh, is being around a collective group of guys that actually have that camaraderie, you know, 
after the game or practice, you know, you're around the field house. Once you get done with your duties and whatever it is you need to do, you, you know, have some discussion, whether it be about the program or the kids or completely different, you know, about, you know, it's 50 cent wings at downtown grill. You don't want to go, you know, that's a breath of fresh air for me. Uh, that's one thing I love the most about coaching is, you know, at 35, I've made uh, eight stops. No, this is my ninth stop. Um, and I don't regret one of them, you know, is meeting all the different people and the relationships and connections you made, you know, and experiences. Um, but being back here with Coach Rogers and the staff, he's got a, again, it's, it, the staff reminds me very much of the one that Bobby had put together at Baker. They're all around the same age, you know, we're all of us are around the same age. Um, we all like to work hard as far as the profession goes and uh, enjoy one another's company. And that, that makes it a little different coming to work every day, you know. Um, so, and not to mention, they got they got really good football players here. Uh, yeah, got, yeah that, that makes a difference. Yeah, that, that you know, going from, because when we are in Dixie, I made, I hired a guy that I, uh, knew how to run single wing and wing T and I, and that's what we were. Uh, now, now we can kind of go back to, which I still, I, if the ball's in there, you know, I'm a little sad. I like running football and pounding on people. Uh, but now we, I'm with this bunch here, and they got some kids that we could spread it around and uh, play a little bit of basketball and grass if need be. So. Well, that's cool, man. Well, I sure do appreciate you coming on, and I have enjoyed it. Definitely, definitely try to get you back on down the road. Here's some more Tomcat stories. Yeah, Tomcat. Uh, I guess he's got new colors now. He's he's uh he's kind of like me in the fact that he loves bright colors like neon green, orange, and stuff. So he's donning some orange and black these days. So he's he's flaunting it. And uh, so. good. Well, maybe you can uh, scrounge some PG-rated Tomcat stories. <laughs> well, I'm sure I have some. Uh, put together by the time we get there uh, down there in Orlando. Well, that's awesome, man. I can't wait to see you, and I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Uh, it's going to be hard for me to follow up the guys you had on before me, but uh, I enjoyed it. It was uh, kind of like a bucket list thing of mine when you know you were talking about this deal, and uh, I wish you the best, and I can't wait to see you down there in Orlando. Well, I should have well, appreciated it, Coach. All right, Doctor. All right. All right. Yes, sir.